Welcome to the Exit Strategy, your no bullshit guide to divorce with the experienced attorneys from New Direction Family Law and guests that have been there. Unfiltered discussions to help you move from victim to victorious and from bitter to better. Hello, I'm Sarah Hink. I'm one of the experienced attorneys from New Direction Family Law and one of the partners. Typically, Elizabeth Stevenson would be joining us today, but she is unfortunately caught up in court, as we often are. But we have reliable Jennifer Bordeaux here. Oh, Jennifer. In. We went for the legal name. <laughs> That's right. And an amazing guest today from Interact, Tasha Sullivan. She is a senior director of domestic violence services there. And she's going to be speaking to us about if you're in a relationship with domestic violence and particularly in Wake County, because that's where Interact is, what services they offer and how that can help you. So Tasha, go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and we'll start there with, with learning about Interact. Thank you so much for having me today. Yes, my name is Tasha Sullivan, um, and as you said, I'm the Senior Director of Programming. I have been there for about 15 years now, started off as a volunteer with their holiday event one year while I was on a break from school and have been there ever since. Um, I've had a variety of positions, such as case manager and counselor, and now am overseeing the majority of our programs that operate out of our agency in Wake County. Yeah, great. Well, we're happy to have you here today. You. And I learned from a very young age about Interact. My sister, she's older. She volunteered there when she was at NC State. And I remember hearing her tell me about stories of her having to go help women in the middle of the night, get their kids out of a house and, and relocate them somewhere safe. And she would tell me the stories about how the victims can be anywhere from someone you think is, you know, low poverty to people who are married to you, doctors and have very, you know, what we would think is privileged life, but everyone can be affected by domestic violence. Unfortunately, this is something that covers, you know, all age groups, all races, all genders, and it is a 24-hour operation that we do. We have multiple programs that are accessible to our community 24 hours a day, such as our hospital responder program and our crisis lines. Oftentimes, our busiest time is in the middle of the night because that might be the only time that someone can reach out and have that uh, time to receive that type of support. So we want to make sure that we are staffed 24 hours a day to meet the needs of our community. Great. So tell us a little bit more about the, the hospital. What did you call it? Hospital responders. One of the things that we do, we provide services to survivors of both domestic and sexual violence. And one of the things that we can do is respond to the hospital when someone has been sexually assaulted and be there to support them through what we call the forensic exam. We actually do those on site as well in something called our Solace Center. So we have the first standalone community-based forensic examination center in North Carolina. And that is staffed by specially trained nurses um, and advocates to keep... Uh, to provide like kind of trauma-informed services to survivors so that they don't have to go to the emergency room. Yeah, and that's a great service. I'm sure that is a terrifying moment mm -hmm. for someone looking at having to do that, just being assaulted and then having someone else come into your personal space and, and do all that. So that's great to offer that. So who are the, the people that they would be meeting with either at the hospital? Who responds to them? It's a variety. It's either our staff um, or our volunteers or interns that we have and a specially trained sexual assault nurse examiner that we contract with to provide that 24-hour support. So you have this kind of multidisciplinary team that comes together to provide the medical support, the forensic support, and also just the support of being there for them, the things that they may need during that time, making sure that they know who we are so that we can introduce ourselves to them and follow them through whatever that healing process looks like for them. For some, it involves interacting with law enforcement and some that it doesn't, and we want to make sure that they have that healing support that they need yeah. regardless. 
So if there's law enforcement involved and there's charges filed, do, do your services extend to, to that phase? Yes, we can be we can accompany them to interviews that they have with law enforcement. We can also be there during the court process. If it does go to court, we can provide that court support and any kind of follow-up support or aftercare that they may need. Yeah, and that is great because at first you have to talk to cops or law mm-hmm. enforcement and then having to possibly face your abuser in court is always really scary for people. Right. So I know that having an advocate there, someone that's trained, is really helpful for people. Absolutely. We work with a lot of people that come in for the domestic violence, sexual abuse, criminal charges. That's not something we deal with. We would refer that out and obviously we refer pretty much everyone that comes in for any kind of abuse or domestic violence to interact because of all the many services that are offered there. So tell us about some of the other services as well. Absolutely. So we have multiple different access points that people can reach out to us on. Uh, the primary one that we see the most survivors reaching out to us, which is typically about six to 8,000 a year, is our crisis lines. Uh, those are staffed with counselors 24, 7, 365 days a week. So they are available Particularly during the pandemic, we had to transition a lot of our supports to remote services. So we have counselors who are on the lines and we have counselors available in our office in certain situations for you to come in and meet with a counselor. Um, We also have staff that operate in the court for people who are filing protective orders. We have court advocates that are in both the civil and criminal court to provide any sort of services or support that they may need there, answer questions about the protective order paperwork. Maybe they need someone to watch their kids while they go into the courtroom. We've often stepped in in a variety of ways, depending upon what the situation is. Sometimes survivors go directly to court, and we want to make sure that they know that we're out there. They might not have a safe place to go after they get this protective order, so we can provide some of that emergency shelter resources. We do operate an emergency shelter. We're pretty much always full. And so right now, uh, we can house about 22 to 28 people in our shelter Before COVID, it was a little bit more, but we've tried to keep it so people have individual rooms now. And so we also uh, have a case management program so that people who have gotten out of situations and then maybe need supports finding employment or educational resources or long-term housing and stability, they have case managers that can work with them for usually up to around three months to try to overcome some of those challenges and barriers um, to achieving stability outside of the relationship because we know that can be the hardest time is exiting these relationships and then all of the challenges and getting yourself stable and um, secure in a new environment. You know, they may be coming out with no employment or no really friends or family who can support them. So we've tried to wrap our arms around as many different services as we can offer as possible to make that transition easier. Yeah, and keeping records is super helpful. I've known people to stay in the relationship and they will go seek help. They continue to stay in the relationship for years. And eventually when they do leave, there's doubt. Okay, it was so bad. Why didn't you leave before? And just going somewhere where there can be a record of you having gone and sought and help really helps support your case if you're in court to say, yeah, I did go seek help. I stayed. Here's documentation that these things really were going on. If you're out there, seek support, make sure it's recorded in some you know fashion that we can go back and get it so they can help validate your case later because it's still hard to, to prove domestic violence sometimes when it's he said, she said situation. Yeah, I think absolutely. One of the main things that we try to do wherever someone is in the relationship, whether they're trying to learn more about if this relationship is violent and abusive or if they are ready to leave right that minute or if they're planning to leave in the future, 
One of the most important things we can do with them is safety plan, which is where we help them think through all of the things that they might need if they leave or how to protect themselves in the home before they leave. Because as you said, sometimes it's not that people often ask, like, why didn't they leave the first time that this happened? Or why did they stay for? And I think one of the most important things to know about the dynamics of abuse is that leaving is actually the most dangerous time. That's when we see the most escalated behavior and oftentimes when we're in the relationship, you know, we, even though it's bad, we know what it's going to look like in that badness. And it's when we leave that the unknown starts to happen and you start to see things really start to escalate and kick up. So that is not meant to discourage people from leaving. It's meant to say, make sure you have a really good plan because that can be the most dangerous time. And in fact, I'm on something called a domestic violence fatality review. And we go back as a community and look at the domestic violence homicides that have happened. And in nearly every one of the ones that we have reviewed, the victim was killed as she was trying to leave the relationship or within 48 hours of leaving the relationship. So it's very important to do this with a lot of the support network and safety measures in place. Yeah, for sure. And that's always really upsetting for people to hear. And I've worked with people and they always said they stayed when there's children involved because they felt if they were there, then the abuse wouldn't be passed on to the kids. Like they would be there to take it. So they, they think about court, going to court and having to go through custody, that he might have the kids without them there, then who's going to be there to protect them? And when you have a domestic violence protective order, you can ask for custody through that. And then, of course, seek an, an attorney to help you through that custody portion. There's a lot of reasons why people stay in those relationships. Absolutely. And child custody can be a huge one and children can be a huge one as well. Just the unknown about having to share custodial time what that exchange is going to look like. Oftentimes, so we know abuse is about power and control. And so oftentimes once somebody has left, the ways that people still have to control people might be their children or some other factors like family and friends or yeah. finances. Yeah, for sure. Hey y'all, it's Jen with New Direction Family Law. And if you've ever been through a divorce, you may have guessed or found out that determining who gets what property can be one of the most complicated and confusing issues of divorce. It is so important that you're represented by an experienced family law attorney who knows marital property law and will advocate for your best interest. New Direction Family Law has over 30 years experience protecting the rights of our clients and their assets. We aggressively advocate, we support, and we absolutely educate our clients to achieve the best possible outcomes. So give us a call today to schedule an initial consultation at 919-719-3470, or you can reach us at our website at newdirectionfamilylaw.com. We've got your assets covered. And I know that your organization works with Legal Aid a lot on referring to that organization and providing them with legal services. So tell us a little bit about that. Yes, we do. We've had a longstanding partnership with Legal Aid and so value their partnership because one of the things that they specifically do is when you go to apply for a protective order, it's typically a two-hearing process. The first you can go to by yourself with your paperwork packet that we can guide you through and tell you which parts to fill out. But the second is going to be a hearing generally where both parties are present. And that can be a really intimidating experience for victims. And we want to make sure, particularly for people who don't have finances to support that, that they have representation. And so Legal Aid has longstanding been a partnership of ours where we get as many people, attorneys that may need them for that second hearing if they qualify. So we can do a direct referral and then they can represent people at that second protective order hearing where it's decided if that DVPO is going to be put into place for a year. Yeah, and I, I love legal aid. It's huge. I always recommend people when they come in for a consultation with us, if I see that they're going to qualify for those services because of their income, I immediately recommend they go to Interact first and continue on a legal aid to take advantage of that. Because there's going to be other issues if you're married and you're going to separate after that and you can come to us for the custody, the distribution of assets, all of that. But 
take advantage anytime you have of legal aid services because they're great attorneys and they do this all the time. Yes. And that one of the other things that they do is they offer general clinics where people can ask some of those just basic questions about divorce and custody. And um, they're typically not able to represent people in some of those longer right. term hearings because we know that this can just getting a custody hearing can be a, a pretty long term process. They're often calendared after you apply for them. So I, mean, I, th- I think that handoff is good to have that free consultation where you can get some of those basic things um, answered and questions sorted out and then that kind of longer term support. Yeah. So if anyone's listening today and they want to know how they can support Interact, what ways can anyone out in the community give back to this organization? Oh, we love our volunteers. Yeah. <laughs> we couldn't do this work without volunteers. Um, we have all kinds of volunteer opportunities available from anything from just helping with events to fundraising to actually working directly with clients. A lot of times Crisis Lines is staffed by very well-trained volunteers that can help um, triage some of those initial concerns and then transition that to a counselor if need be. And so you know, all of our volunteer opportunities and trainings are available on our website. We also have something coming up on Wednesday, June 22nd. It's called A Day to Give Hope. And that's where community members, survivors, and businesses come together in a one-day giving campaign to raise $50,000. So let individuals and families impacted by domestic and sexual violence know that they are not alone. So that would be a great yes. opportunity as well. Yes. Everyone mark the calendar for that. Sounds like this episode is going to come out the day before. So <laughs> tomorrow. And if you can't give tomorrow, just reach out and give any time that you can give to Interact. This is a great organization here in Wake County. I and mean, I know that there's other victims, obviously, outside of Wake County. Are there any other services out there that you're aware of that people that are listening who are not in Wake County could reach out to? And also just we, our crisis lines, we get calls from people all over the country. So, you know, our crisis lines is a great place to start if you have questions. Typically, each county in North Carolina has its own domestic violence service agency, and we act together loosely collaborating sister agencies, supporting each other if our shelters are full. But each county has its own, but you're welcome to call us too, is particularly for just to talk through your situation. You know, if it gets down to specific things about court processes and things like that, sometimes we refer them to call their specific county because they may know a little bit more about yeah. the particular services available there. And also, I think it's just important for um, anyone listening to know, if you do call us, all of all, anything you tell us is confidential. We are a safe place. We're not going to tell you what to do. Our philosophy is to give you a safe place to figure out what your options are. And if you decide to pursue any of those options, we support you through those steps. But you don't have to give us any information when you call. You can, absolutely, because like you said, sometimes it helps with documenting cases and things like that if you need record of services. Um, but you're not required to. We just want to be a place where you feel like you are not alone. This can feel very isolating. Oftentimes, the dynamics of abuse involve isolating people from friends and family. Yeah, so we just feel like it's our mission to be there to let you know that you're not alone and that you do have some place that can help. And what's the best way for people to reach out to or find information about Interact? Probably just Google. Mm-hmm. Yep, <laughs> we can go to our website. Um, our website has a lot of great resources on it, and it also has our crisis line numbers on there as well. Awesome. I wanted to ask quickly, we were talking about custody and kids and stuff being part of this. And obviously that goes into the cycle of abuse and witnessing things as children and everything. And I saw one of the services you guys offer on your website is youth education services. So can you speak a little bit to what that is or, you know, what kind of program that is? Yeah, we believe that this work wouldn't be complete without prevention work as well. You know, it's what we need to be there to respond to it and, you know, to be able to do our part to prevent this for future generations. So we have a lot of great uh, initiatives for children who have experienced domestic violence. Um, We often go out in schools to teach Teen Dating Violence Awareness Month and red flags to look for in teen relationships or what you can do in your home if you're experiencing domestic violence in the home. 
And we also have specific children's counselors for our children who are in our shelter. And in fact, if you look at our shelter numbers, it's primarily children because it's families bringing their kids. So we want to make sure that we have those supports for kids as well. And we have a great new thing that we've been doing over the past couple of years, which is our Camp Hope, which is for children who have been in our shelter or her children in the community that have been impacted by domestic violence. We have, it's a holistic program throughout the year, but it culminates in a one-week sleepaway camp for kids that's meant to you know, help them create community and be around other children who maybe have had similar experiences. And all of our counselors are specially dr- trained to deal with that trauma that they might have experienced. And we've seen some really amazing results from that for kids. That's great. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I know we are talking about before we started recording that you provide services to men and women. Mm-hmm. It's just any victim of domestic yes, violence absolutely. children, obviously. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening out there, I don't you know, feel like you can't reach out to interact if you're a man. They, t- they help anyone that comes to their door. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on here today and hope you guys have a wonderful day. Oh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave us a review. You can visit us at newdirectionfamilylaw.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at the exit strategy underscore podcast or email us at exit strategy at newdirectionfamilylaw.com. We'll be back next time with more no bullshit content about life, divorce, parenting, relationships, and everything in between.